Welcome back to another episode of the Arsenio ZSL podcast. And man, I am so grateful for all of you out there. I love saying that and at the beginning of every podcast. It's more like a blessing. It's more like a mantra. It's something like a prayer that I do just to give my graces back to you wonderful individuals out there. Big shout out to Zineb as of today, man. She is a wonderful student from Morocco who I had the pleasure of coaching uh, for an hour this morning. Big shout out to you. Big shout out to another one of the Filipinos who, again, it took, you know, about two weeks for her to follow me. But her name is Angie. And man, it is amazing to speak to some of you out there who are so good at English. It's just fantastic. So I just want to give a big special shout out and warm welcome to them and everyone else who is literally tuning in from so many different places, 8,000 cities and counting around the world. So here we are today. It's about asset management. Guys, as of just yesterday, there were 1,335 COVID cases. The government knows if they shut down and do a full lockdown again, there are going to be hundreds of suicides. There, uh, the small businesses will be gone. It will completely supplant the economy. Again, there were no deaths, okay? So what we have to do is learn how to live with this. And that's what it comes down to. So asset management is very important. The reason why I'm telling you this is because asset management is very, very important, okay? Now, assets is definitely, is, is completely different from income. It's completely different from money sitting in the bank. It's, com it, it, it's completely different in a lot of different areas because normally if you're really good with money, you would get your assets to pay for all your expenses and your liabilities, right? You know, there, there, there are royalties, there's like real estate. There are a lot of things in regards to assets that make you money. And this is why it's so important, especially it being in very turbulent times. It is very important to understand that it's very optimistic time, not optimistic, opportunistic times. So what I want to tell you guys is a little bit about asset classes, right? We got equities, we have commodities such as oil, such as gold. Uh, before the British had invaded Myanmar, uh, which was known as Burma back then, um, uh, they had all the commodities in the world. They had rubies, jade, you name it out of this world. Until, of course, the British went down there and just about took everything, right? Um, in Sierra Leone, you know, diamonds was huge back then. Then it became part of a massive war, you know, stemming from the 1990s into the early 2000s, making the movie starred by Leonardo DiCaprio, Blood Diamond, to zero in and to show people exactly what the war is and what's happening out there. Um, you know, obviously, Arab nations, you guys have oil. And that is massive at the moment. Um, although Venezuela has oil, but they just don't know how to manage the damn thing, unfortunately. Uh, you got currencies. Currencies. Remember I told you guys about the South African teacher who approached the front desk one day, I believe it was last year or maybe two years ago. And he said, hey, buy South African Rand right now, sell it in about one week. So that's, you know, currencies. Now, the return on that could be very little, but you can make yourself probably about, what, 30 to $50 on a routine basis if you do end up buying South African Rand. So then you have gold, right? Now, gold, this is used for a safe haven. So what's a safe haven? It's a place where your investment will always be safe. So traditionally, gold is the ultimate safe haven. Why? Because in a growing market, don't expect high returns, but it always shoots up in times of volatility. So last year, go look at the gold spikes from last year. 
there are a lot of different spikes and different things uh, back in, you know, in 2020 that a lot of people profited. Like GameStop, if you were able to sell when it was at plus 400, 450%, and you had a, a fair amount of money in there, you could po quite possibly be rich right now. So gold is huge, right? Uh, government bonds, again, we've been talking about that and how you can invest in them. I do uh, suggest everyone to look into government bonds in your respective country. I'm not going to speak about this uh, from an American perspective. This is more of a world perspective, right? Because again, the Americans who do listen to me, the majority of them are non-native English speakers who have gone there for schooling or to live. So, um, you know, like from uh, a native English speaking country, I'm not going to speak about that from this perspective. It's more about vocabulary and learning about asset management, money, et cetera, et cetera, right? <sighs> and then property, real estate, you know, uh, make real estate real. Uh, that's by Jamal King. Uh, you know, I've been following the S2S podcast. Eric Thomas, if you guys don't know him, he is the very energetic and very motivated. I mean, he is the best. But Jamal King is part of the team and he talks about real estate real. And at some point, yes, I will be joining his specific course because I want to learn about real estate. I want to learn about flipping property, especially right now with so many properties going down the drain with so much value going down the drain. This is a perfect time to start investing into property in America, right? Again, if you, I remember I was talking to a guy either in Afghanistan, Iran or somewhere, uh, not, not too far, not too long ago, but he said that his family owned uh, quite a few acres in a very expensive real estate area. And you can imagine if you own that land, you get high returns every single month, right? But now going into the second phase, you have to understand the, these different asset classes, the risk, right? So again, you can order them uh, from highest risk into highest return. It's completely up to you. But what I'm going to, of course, tell you guys is uh, little bit of the, of course, you know, su suggested answers that I gave. Uh, but risk, highest to lowest currencies, obviously, highest risk. Um, commodities would be the second highest. Uh, equities, property, government bonds, and gold. Gold, obviously, because it's in a safe haven, right? Government bonds, this is why I'm telling and urging all of you to look into government bonds in your respective country. Property, unless it's the 2008 boom, right? You and now all of us live in a technological world where we know if something is wrong and these dirty bonds are being passed within the mortgage market, some prime mortgage bonds and stuff like that, if that ends up happening again, we will know as opposed to back in 2006 and seven, we were completely oblivious and a lot of people lost their 401ks, houses and everything. But again, property would be the fourth highest, right? Then you have equities, commodities, and currencies, right? Now, the return, I would say currencies, highest commodities, equities, they offer a higher return than property and government bonds. And in the long run, gold offers the lowest return. Why? It's in a safe haven, right? But again, it all depends on the current market conditions. So, these three asset classes, think about it. What would you recommend to investors, to anyone who is potentially going to invest out there in the world? Which ones would you invest in? So someone 
who wants to make, let's say, a regular monthly income of 3000 I would say, of course, currencies. Um, oh, man, what else? Now, again, long-term retirement, 30 years, obviously gold, right? But if you're looking for property or if you're looking for an extra monthly income of about $3,000, I would say currencies, government bonds, and property. That's what I would go with, right? Because obviously commodities is a high risk, but you never really know. Equities, it all depends. It's all, uh, all depends on the value. Uh, and then of course the others, no, not really. So, but with retirement, you know, equities, commodities, and uh, what is it? Gold would be very, very good because you're looking at that from a very long-term perspective. This is why a lot of Arab nations have sat on, you know, oil for such a long time, their oil reserves, and they have copious amounts of it also. So in saying that, how do you diversify, right? This is the big thing. Diver diverse, I'm sorry, diversification is everything. So we have six vocabulary terms, okay? We have defensive, fluctuations, growth, invest, uh, investment, mix, and returns. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to read out this paragraph. And in this paragraph, you have A, B, C, D, E, and F. You're going to fit those six vocabulary terms in there. Again, if you guys are not already obviously on my business English podcast badge that is available for $30 a month. And I will be putting the answers and so many other great things as well as coaching and training on there too. So keep that in mind. Now, let me read out this paragraph for you guys. Diversification is really quite a simple thing. It all depends on what asset classes your portfolio contains. In general, assets can be divided into space assets comma which increase the value of your mm and mm assets which generate lower mm but are less affected by market mm. the asset mm in your portfolio will depend on your investment objectives and risk appetite so i'll say that again defensive fluctuations growth investment mix and returns write those down Okay. And then obviously figure out, you know, which ones could be, you know, growth assets, defensive assets, aspects of both. And I'm going to hurry up and give you some characteristics of different types of major asset classes. Okay. Now this is exactly what I told you guys about in regards to the asset classes. So let's look into these equities. They have potential for large returns, but are also extremely volatile. So equities in terms of retirement in 30 years, that might not be good, right? You could get major returns. Again, equities could be stocks, bonds, and stuff like that. So I'm going to take that back. I'm going to reproach that and take that back. 30 years retirement, equities, no. Why? It's not sustainable, right? It's too volatile. Got it? Now, cash, whether through a bank deposit or short-term debt products on the money market, cash investments are very low risk. But the thing is, they don't generate high returns. Then you have fixed income. Now, with the major part of this asset uh, class made up of government bonds, it lacks the, uh, the volatility of the market, but also lacks the growth potential. So this would be better for the long term, right? It's kind of like gold. 
Now, property, dependent on the type and location of the property, returns can be high, but it generally represents the modest returns on a fairly safe investment. This is why at a money retirement, I do believe property is also very good because you're going to get returns on that forever. And if you're really good, like I remember Warren Buffett, he had gone to Detroit, Michigan, where uh, Eric Thomas, um, I do believe he was born there. And so when Warren Buffett went there, he got in touch with some representatives of Eric Thomas's team and said, hey, we want Eric Thomas to come on down here. Eric Thomas, come on down here. Now, Eric Thomas at the time, he did not understand. He's like, why does Warren Buffett want me to come down there to interview? Then he realized, he's like, why is Warren Buffett investing into real estate in Detroit, Michigan? Real estate that is completely broken down because everything fell flat when Ford left the city. Right. So Detroit is just one big, massive slum with abandoned buildings. And then you have Flint, Michigan, which isn't too far away from Detroit that doesn't have any clean water. But this could be a massive opportunity for investors. So Warren Buffett was like, dude, I could bring jobs. I could do a lot in this in this different, you know, in this community. Let me get down here. So he invested into a, an abandoned building. He brought business in there, businesses in there like angel investors. And then these investors set up teams and then they ended up selling everything off. And the thing is, Eric Thomas was the voice of the people in that city because a lot of people, obviously from Detroit, Michigan, we're talking 80% African-American live there. Who's going to actually listen to Warren Buffett, right? Depending on their education, they're probably like, yeah, right. What are you trying to do? No, no, I don't trust you. But then when you put Eric Thomas's face, who was born and raised and lived on the streets of Detroit, it's completely different, right? So he wasn't a millionaire at the time back then, but he had a million dollar image because people trusted him and they knew where he was coming from. So property is everything. If you really know about this, let me get, remember I told you guys about the whole market boom out here, the condo market boom. This is happening primarily because the, the train extensions that are happening right? The only reason why there are new condominiums going north from where I am up on the west side of the river bank here in Bangkok, Thailand, is because there are like eight to nine new MRT stations. And at those MRT stations, it's very easy for people to go home. They don't have to do two-hour commutes anymore. It's only a 30-hour commute, a 30-minute commute now. So, this was a, you know, a time that a lot of these uh, developers were like, here, let's just buy up this land. It's going to be easy to buy up land for people or from people, or let's not buy the land. Let's just buy out the property and then we'll just pay the land tax. See what I mean? Now, again, who buys these condos? I have no idea. A lot of people say there's a lot of chatter about people at the higher, you know, the higher ranks of this country. They all own it. But uh, I have no idea because I'm like, dude, there are just entirely too many condos with no people living in them. So this is the thing that I'm just like, dude, who are you guys selling this to? And remember, I had that conversation about it, right? So property people, please, in your country, start looking into that. Start looking into places that could potentially just boom, you know? So a lot of real estate up along the, the green and red line north of Bangkok, man, it's going to start booming like crazy because once that red line opens, I think in two or three months, it's supposed to be last month, to be honest with you. Uh, but yeah, you know how this is in Thailand. But uh, once that starts to uh, you know, function, you can imagine the condominiums that are going to start going up. I remember I was talking again to a financial advisor. I think I said this before. Uh, I was, uh, he is a financial advisor for Bangkok Bank. He's one of the highest ones in there. Great guy, charismatic as hell. 
And he said, oh, yeah, Arsenio, well, we invested into some land and we're building a new headquarters uh, on this yellow line. And I said, where is that at? Way out over here. And he said, the reason why we're doing this, because in two years, that property, that value is going to go up like crazy. See what I mean? So if you start buying condominiums here in Bangkok in the right areas, it might happen. But again, you don't know what's going to happen over the next five years uh, in this country, especially because Thailand was just too heavily reliant on tourism while there's uh, their southern counterparts down there in Malaysia are not heavily reliant on tourism. So when you depend on one specific thing to make you money and then it's all taken away, you see what I mean? It's a disaster. So in saying that, let's go into currencies and commodities. So although not strictly an asset class, okay, these are popular investments. Why? Because returns can be spectacular, but so can the losses because the fast moving markets, right? So currencies, that's why I told you about the South African teacher, commodities. This is why I tell you about different um, like stocks and bonds and obviously, you know, like, well, because well, not commodities, not, well, commodities are like oil, stuff like that. But you got to invest in that in the long term. But you just really never know. It's all about doing your research. So with that being said, guys, there's a lot of information that you need to listen to over and over in this one. I don't want to get into the listening right now, but we're going to be listening to a couple of people, okay? Sukyun and Omar, right? They're private investors, okay? They're both unhappy with the returns they've been receiving. So they're going to talk to some financial advisors, and that's what we're going to be doing in the next podcast next Monday, of course. So with that being said, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to another wonderful ESL podcast. Man, I got so much more coming, so you better wait your horses or go to my $5 a month early access podcast. I put my podcast up on there on a routine basis. So I'll be seeing you there, as always, over and out.